You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. So, uh, hey, let's pray before we get into this thing this morning. Um, yeah, <laughs> Steve, please. Please, God, just close his mouth and let the spirit move. <laughs> Uh, Father, we just thank you that we can come into your house and we can have fun and we can have a good time, but we, we also know that, God, we're here for a purpose, and that purpose is to understand how much you love us, how much you care for us, and uh, how much we mean to you, but how much you mean to us. And so, Lord, I just pray this morning and as I talk about dads that, God, you would just use me speak through me, and we give you all the glory and all the honor because you deserve it all. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, Paul Young, the, the guy who wrote The Shack, he wrote a quote that was really powerful to me that I heard. And the quote was, it took me 40 years to get the face of my father off of God. That's pretty hardcore. But unfortunately, that is the reality that a many men and, and ladies live with. And then there's those of us that don't have that reality. They don't have that issue. But, you know, we're living in one of the biggest fatherless generations the world has ever seen. And so we have to understand that there's probably going to be an inclination for this younger generation to literally uh, just connect with that quote because all they've ever seen has been a bad dad. And then we move over into the religious circles, and we create bad dad theology. And so there, there's a whole thing that God is wanting to do, and I'm not going to be talking and doing Debbie Downers this morning, but what I am going to be talking about is that God wants to redeem your view of who he is. And in this new season, I believe that God is going to start revealing himself on such a higher level, such a higher level if we allow him to do that in our lives. Amen? You know, fathers play such a vital role in our lives because they help to create the very identity that will carry us into adulthood. It's so important. And it, it's, it's like uh, fathers are like a rudder on a ship that steers that ship to the destination. So, so vitally important. And, you know, there's things that fathers do. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of us that come in here as dads and we're saying, you know, oh, man, I do so much. And we, sometimes we feel like we're not doing enough or we feel like we're just burnt out and we can't do, it, do everything that we need to do. But there's things that fathers do that nobody else can do. And nobody can replace a father. And, you know, in the very first passages of the Bible in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, it, it talks about and it reveals some really incredible truths. Uh, it says that when God created man, he made him and he fashioned him out of what? Out of who he is. It said, let us make man in our image. And someone somewhere once said that artists do two things. They copy and they express themselves. Rose, would you agree with that? They copy and they express themselves. And, you know, since God didn't have anything to copy, guess what he did? He expressed himself. Isn't that beautiful? He expressed himself in us. And just as our Father in heaven expresses himself through us, 
We who are made in the image of him in the heavenly royal family, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we were created to do things, and none no more than fathers. And uh, there's a story in Luke 15 that we're all really familiar with. Uh, most of us know about this story of the prodigal. And, you know, the prodigal went, went to his dad, and he said, hey, I want to blow this joint. I'm tired of having to sit under the house rules. I'm tired of having to do all these chores. I'm tired of having to, I want to go out and live my life. I want to be my own man. And he said, I want my inheritance. Give me my inheritance. And what did the dad do? The dad gave him his his inheritance. And uh, he went out and he blew through his inheritance on crazy living. I won't say some of the things I've said before in the past because I slipped up on it. But he did some crazy living. He, did some, he made some really poor decisions. But the real hero in this whole story is, is about the dad. Um, you know, he, 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 he watched his son leave home. He, he, he knew that he blew through his inheritance. And it wasn't, you know, he, the dad wasn't a hero because of his great morality or because of his patience. It, it was because despite of his son's behavior, the father watched and waited. And when he saw his son returning, what did he do? He took action. It says that he ran out to meet his son. Now, you got to understand something. As he ran out to meet his son, this was a middle-aged uh, Middle Eastern man that ran. And that simple act of running was uncommon, and it was considered massively undignified. But guess what? This father didn't care. He wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. He wasn't trying to show everybody that, hey, I can, I can keep it together, and I'm the one that was in the right, my son was in the wrong, and that's the stance I'm going to take. No, what he was going after uh, was he was going after his son. He was going after his boy, and he loved him so much. And you see, fathers do things, and they don't have a, they don't have a set of rules that override their emotions. That's really important because they do things because of their hearts. And, you know, values without behavior are unconvincing. Values, um, values are always followed by action. And that's what dads do. They follow their hearts. And they, they follow those values of, of, their, of the love that they have for their kids. And, and they take action and they do those things. And, um, you know, Jesus was telling this story, really, to convey that no matter how bad we might miss it. And, uh, or we've made mistakes in the past. That the father is always anticipating. He's always waiting. He is literally running towards us to reunite with us and to say, hey, I love you more than the mistakes that you've made. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to, you just have to be ready for me to come to you and, and see you. And, you know, fathers do things. And the biggest thing that fathers do is they create home. They create a home. And, you know, let's ask yourself that. What, what is a home? Is a home just a place that we dwell in, uh, in which we, we live? Or do homes have something to do with our hearts? But in a much deeper way than a home simply being a place where we live or where we long to be in that moment, 
It's a place where there's connection. There's a place where there's validation. I remember when Terry and I started talking about selling our house last year, my son, my son Tristan, my younger son, he started, he kind of started reminiscing some things, and he was like, and he's 25 now, but he was like, man, it's, Dad, this is going to be really hard if you sell this house. And uh, he said, man, I got a lot of great memories here. And I started thinking back, and I thought about the 22 years that we'd been in this. We're still in this home, but 22 years that we've been in this home. And uh, I thought about all the, the great things and the things that we celebrated together when they were little. And then as they got into their teenage years, and those teenage years became really difficult. Uh, how many of you fathers understand that? When your kids hit teenage years, man, it can get really, really difficult. And um, I just remember that even in the midst of all that being difficult um, and some of the heartache and the things that we experienced as parents, God the Father was always with us in, in our home. And he always was there to guide and direct me as a dad and, and how to move towards them. Because home isn't just a physical address. It's an address that gets imprinted on our hearts. That's where home is. It's in our hearts. It is a sense of knowing that you are loved, supported, encouraged, and always wanted. And I, I don't think my son really knew how to articulate that when he was feeling it, but it was a sense of home was a place of safety and unconditional love. Because there were times that, I sh and I've seen dads do this, where they've had enough of their kids and they kick them out of the house. You know, and... Uh, I never got to that place because I always was leaning into what I thought the Father was wanting me to model for my two boys. And it's so important is to understand that we as men have the ability to carry the heart of the Father. So important. It's so important. And you, and you see in Luke 15, the son makes a decision to return home. And knowing that even his father's servants we're living a better lifestyle than he was living with the pigs, right? Because he had blown through all of his money. He was attached himself to a farmer who he got chores to be able to go feed the pigs, but he didn't pay him anything. He was eating the same food that the pigs were eating. And uh, he sat there and he had, a, he had, a, he had this revelation that, man, my, even my, my dad's servants are eating better than I'm eating. But, you know, the son had to do something. He had to make a vulnerable uh, decision to take the risk of possibly, possibly being chastised, ridiculed, shamed, or how told how wrong he was. And I think that was the biggest fear in his heart was that he knew he had done wrong, and he knew that he was it was just if he came home and his dad did these things. But instead of punishment, thank you Jesus, his father had created a space that was full of grace, understanding, and unconditional love. And his sole purpose was to keep his heart connected to his son. And this is, this is why Jesus told this story, and he used this to convey the Father's love for us. Again, because there's times when we're going to miss it as men. There's going to be times that we don't do everything that we know we're supposed to be doing. And it's going to be, there's going to be times when we want to withdraw and not go home because we're afraid we're going to hear, not well done, son. We're going to hear, uh, you were wrong, and you made massive mistakes. You sinned, 
and uh, you're going to have to earn my graces back. That's not who the Father is. And that's why Jesus was conveying this story. He said, I'm coming to reveal the Father. He's coming to reveal the Father. And as men, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be revealing the Father. And um, God is asking the same of us as men and fathers, will you be vulnerable and trust me and let me show you how much I love you? It's only from this place that we, that we can be the fathers that he has created us to be. And this is our role as fathers. Not, not, it's, it's not just, um, um, you know, it's not just to our kids, but it's also a role to the body of Christ. We have been called to become fathers to the body of Christ. And it doesn't matter if you feel, feel like you're qualified or not, because God qualifies you. He qualifies you as a father. Why? Because he's not looking for per- perfect fathers. He's looking for men who will say yes to stepping out and taking action and loving the people that he puts in front of them. Amen? And uh, we, we, see, we, see in, uh, uh, we see we're to follow this example of, of what Jesus said in John 5, 19 through 20. I didn't put it up on the screen. Let me, let me get up here. And I'm going to read it out of this version. Uh, give me one second. Sorry, I got my apps confused. Okay, here we go. John uh, five nineteen in the ESV. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. So we're supposed to follow the, the role. We're supposed to follow the, 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 the model of what Jesus has done with the Father. And we're, but here's the deal. First, we're sons. First, we're sons. We're not, we don't, we, we're not born fathers. First, we're born sons. And then we become fathers. And, you know, as sons, we only do what we see the father doing. And, you know, many of us didn't have fathers. Uh, many of us had fathers, but they were unhealthy. And, and, and we modeled that behavior. Many of us had fathers uh, that were, were great father, fathers that helped us understand a fraction of the love that our Heavenly Father has for us. But they did a great job in doing that to the best of their human ability. I love what uh, Lou Giglio made a quote the other day, and I, I, I saw it, and I was like, wow, when we talk about our fathers representing... Man, my phone is not wanting to cooperate this morning. Uh, maybe it's operator error, right? But this was a great quote from, from uh, Louis Gigolo. When we talk about our fathers not being perfect, but they did the best job they could, he said, God is not the reflection of your earthly dad. He is the perfection of your earthly dad. Whew, man, I'm going to read that again. God is not the reflection of your earthly dad. He is the perfection of your earthly dad. So whatever you had as an earthly dad, whether it was good or bad, it was a reflection, but he is the perfection of what he is doing in your life. And if we will come to him with, a, with an open heart and in a place of authenticity and say, God, I want to know you on a greater level than I've ever known you before, he's going to open up his heart to us and he's going to lean into that. 
And we're going to lean into that. And it doesn't matter where you fall on this spectrum. Uh, but I, I'm telling you right now, it's, a t- it's time for an upgrade. And it's time uh, to love like the Father loves. And how does this happen, really? I mean, how, how, do we, how do we love like the Father loves? And it's by engaging in this sequence in which we are all divinely involved. And it's by believing and receiving and rejecting the lies that I'm not a good father and by actively participating with God. I mean, it really is. And so here, let's show that first slide. There is a series or a sequence in which we are all divinely involved. And uh, the, the first one is we are made in the image of God. We need to partner with that understanding. What does that mean? Well, if we were made in the image of God, it also means that we have his DNA. He didn't make a copy of a human being. He modeled us after himself. He created us after himself. And because we are made in the image of God, we can't say we don't have the ability to love like God loves. You understand that? If we do say that, it's because we're partnering with a lie. The lie that was based on what was modeled for us, or the lie that was based on our, our pain, our past experiences. But listen, when God comes into your life, he makes everything new. And when we decide to partner with the reality of that, it changes the way we do things. Put that next slide up. We are restored in relationship with him. We are restored in relationship with him. What does that mean? Well, Jesus said, the only way to the Father is through me. And we are restored to God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Yes, originally in the garden, Adam, Adam sinned, and that, that relationship was broken. But Jesus came in the form of a man, but as holy as God, to redeem what Adam had done in the garden. And because we were restored through Jesus, we are family with him. We are his sons and his daughters. It says, I can't remember where this verse is, I just see it. It said, once we were uh, far away, but now because of the precious promises of Jesus, we have been brought close we had brought, been brought into family, and we are a part of his heritage, his lineage, and the destiny that he's created for our lives. So we, we definitely are restored in relationship with him, and that's what we need to partner with. We need to get rid of all this stinking thinking, all this stuff that says, hey, we're, we, we've grown up in a, in a society of, uh, or a religious society of punishment, There is no more punishment for you to expect because Jesus took all that punishment on the cross. We are in the right, you are righteous today. You can't get any more righteous than you are right now. Okay? That, I mean, man, that, that might be revelation to you. There is not one, th- you can't read your Bible enough, you can't come to church enough, you can't sing praises enough, you can't do all the good deeds in the world enough to be any more righteous than you are right now. Why? Because your righteousness isn't based on your works. Your righteousness is based on what he did. Woo, come on, somebody should get happy with that. Man, so good. 
We were restored in relationship with him, and it was a free gift. It was a free gift. Okay, the next slide. We are called to imitate Jesus. You know, John 5, 19 says, I only do what I see the Father doing. So we are called to imitate Jesus. Jesus came, and he, he sat with his disciples, and he told his disciples, watch what I do and, and, and follow me. And do what I do. And I only do what I hear the Father doing. So if we, if we could just do that, a fraction of that in our life, imitate what Jesus did, man, so many of our problems that we think are huge problems that we can't solve and that are just, uh, you know, just irreconcilable or whatever the issue is in your life, those things would begin to fade away because we understand that Jesus is ever-present in our life. He is Him and the Father and the Holy Spirit are ever-present in our life. And as we are called to imitate Him, we only do what we see the Father doing. See, this is where we get into trouble because we, a lot of times, we don't do what the Father's doing. We do what we're doing based out of, um, uh, not response, but out of, what's the word I'm looking for? Reaction. You know, what's the other word? Or reacting. We're not responding, we're reacting. And we have to, you know, we're not a supernatural fully supernatural being yet. We still live in a body, right? We got a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And sometimes that soul tries to override our spirit, right? Okay, your emotions, all those things, your mind tries to override your spirit. And what happens when that, when, when that takes place? It disconnects you from the truth of who the Father is. And it disconnects you from a place of being able to do exactly what he would do in that moment. And when you do that, you react instead of respond. Okay. So, uh, next slide. We have everything we need through the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, Amen. We have everything. Oh, did I skip one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I skipped one. I'm sorry. By imitating, okay, again, by imitating Jesus, we fulfill our assignment to real, reveal the Father. And, again, that's, that's basically just saying, if, if we follow who Jesus is and what he said and what he said to do, then we are going to reveal the Father. Because that's why Jesus came, was to reveal the Father not re- reveal religion, not to reveal doctrine, not to reveal just what he wanted to do, but what the Father was saying and what the Father was doing. Okay, next slide. We have everything we need through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, this is so good, will teach you all things. Everybody say, all things. He will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I have said to you. Man, that is a great promise. You don't have to be left alone. You're not left alone. You're not doing this on your own. Come on, guys. You should get happy with this one. You're not left alone. This ain't a guessing game. This isn't a crapshoot. You're not rolling dice and hoping that you're going to land on some really good numbers. You got a guarantee. 
you got a guarantee because you've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And he teaches you in all things. And he shows up 24-7. Not just every now and then, just w- not just when it's super bad and you're going through something or you're experiencing something bad. He is there all the time. And all you got to do is ask him what you need help with. And he will reveal to you what the Father is saying. Uh, that's John 14, 26. So our responsibility as men is to create a sense of home for those who are struggling and who have lost their way. Not just for our children, but also for his children. And I'm going to wrap this up. But I remember, um, many of you know that uh, Terry and I were on staff at Bethel Atlanta for like 12 years. And I remember when I first showed up to Bethel Atlanta, and they had just, they had only been going a few months. And I remember when I went there, I was broken. Um, I was so tired of trying to do enough, to be enough, and to please all the religious fathers I had in my life. I was just broken. I just showed up because I was looking for God. And I hadn't found God in a long time in the circles that I was running in. And when I got there, it felt like home. Not, not a home that I had because I grew up in a broken home. I, I was raised by my great-grandmother and jumped from house to house to house. So it wasn't, I didn't experience a home like I had because the home I had was full of heartache and pain. No, the home I experienced was a home that I, uh, that I had when I came back from being a prodigal that I experienced the love of an of a unconditional father. When I first gave my life to the Lord, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I felt the love of a father for the first time in my life. And you know what that love felt like? It felt like acceptance, care, you know, uh, just giving me this feeling of he was proud of me. And um, it felt, when I went there, it felt like home. And it was because because of the love, the encouragement, and the support, and the support, and the commitment to the shared vision of the house, to see those who are coming in, okay, to see that those who are coming into that house, that who have been orphaned by society and religion, disconnected from their father, that every person that was coming in there, and they were looking for the father, they found him, and I just want to encourage us as men today, men, we, we need to create this for the people that, for our, our children, but for God's children, because we're a part of the solution. It's what fathers do, and we get to create an address on the hearts of the brokenhearted and on the orphaned. We get to create the address of home, the address of the heavenly father, and uh, both in the natural and in the spiritual, and where they are loved, covered, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and where all have a commitment as men and as as men to, and fathers to this vision. You know, I just want to encourage you today. You know, think about this, guys and, and ladies too. But I'm speaking mainly to the dads in here. What does the concept of home mean to you? Have you been able to experience home? Have you been able to take the time uh, to really ask God? if there's any place in you that hasn't yet experienced what it is to be home? 
It's a good question to ask. Because if, if you don't know the answer to that question, you're going to continue to fall short of understanding the unconditional love of a father. And in doing that, you're not going to be able to model who he really is to a hurting world. And what does, it, what does he want to tell you about it? What does he want to show you? Ask God what truth he wants to replace the lies with. And what has he given you in exchange for the areas in, your, in you in which you have felt a deficit? And that's huge. That's huge. Because all of us have felt a deficit in our lives in some place and at some time. And it's, it's, it's really there because we're human beings. And as human beings, we think we can correct and we can make those decisions and we can earn what we need to earn in order to be justified and to be good enough. And the, the truth is, there is nothing you can do to be justified, to be good enough, other than being a part of who he has called you to be, and that's in him. And, and turning away from the things that you used to do and accepting him as your Savior. Let's everybody stand up. Just close your, bow your head and close your eyes for a minute. I'm just going to do a prayer over the men, everybody in this room right now, and what I feel like the Lord is really saying this morning. And, um, yeah, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for these men in this room, that, God, there is a destiny that you've called them to, and that destiny is to carry your love, to carry your passion, to carry the heart that you have for a hurting world. And that, Father, you want them to know that you love them so much. And I feel like the Lord is just saying, I see you, I accept you, I demand nothing from you, only your love and your vulnerability to let me into your heart. I want to heal those broken places in you and redeem them. He's saying, I am a good father and you can always trust me. You can trust that I want nothing but the best for you. My love is not based on your performance or your ability to live a perfect life. It is based on my unconditional love for you because you're mine and you have always been mine and I love you. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, just soak that in this morning and just ask, ask God when you leave this place, say, God, if there's any lie I've been believing about you as my father, show me. And um, get in your quiet place, get in your secret place and ask him, is there a lie that I've been believing about you and about our relationship? And if he shows you and you write it down, then just go back to him and say, Father, I break that lie that I believed about you. And I totally give myself to the purposes and the plans and the pursuits that you've, and the calling that you've put on my life. And Father, I just receive your love 100%. I know I'm not worthy, but I am worthy because of Jesus. And so I come into your throne room boldly, knowing with confidence that I am yours. I am your son. And I am a father, and I can represent who you are. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, can I get a couple of the prayer people up here? Craig, come up here, and Melissa, and uh, Stephen, Chris. Chris Jones, you want to come up here? Chris, yeah, I said Chris Jones, I'm sorry.
Could you be Jones today? I knew somebody named Chris Jones too, so. Well, listen, guys, we love you. We hope you have a great rest of your Father's Day. Go connect with your dads. If you need prayer this morning, if, there's, uh, if you, if you have a, need a prayer for healing or for anything that's going on in your life, we want you to come up here and grab one of these guys and pray with them. Or if you just need to come up here and get a dad hug, you can get a dad hug. So that would be amazing. You can even get a dad hug from a woman. Come on. Yeah, so, hey, we'll take that. We'll take that. So, hey, we love you guys. God bless you. Have a great rest of your Sunday afternoon, and uh, happy Father's Day, everybody. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.